Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friends are Ruth Rappaport and Ben Weatherby. We recorded our jam in Bach Bowie's apartment during my Patreon-funded Boston trip a couple months ago. Ruth and Ben are a delightful mother and son duo. It was super fun and inspiring to hang out with them and imagine forming my own family band someday. And they play that good, good music. I'm excited for you to hear it. Stick around after the interview for details on how to support the show and get access to exclusive bonus content. This week's bonus track is a tune called Women Wear No Clothes At All. And if that isn't an alluring enough title to get y'all to sign up to support the show, I don't know. You tell me. What's it going to take? All right, let's get this thing started. Ruth Rappaport and Ben Weatherby, everyone. Enjoy.
Welcome, Ben Weatherby and Ruth Rappaport to Get Up in the Cool. Thanks and, for having us. And Box Apartment. Yes. <laughs> With no Bach. Yeah, no Bach. <laughs> Bach had to go to work. <sighs> yeah. Rats. Yeah, well, he got to see a lot of a lot of things happen in this, <laughs> this apartment, so much yeah, he's not missing out too much. But yeah, um, so I met you, Ben, at uh, Harry Smith Frolic last year. No, we met at Black Creek. Oh my goodness! Yeah, we met at Black Creek. We we met in a jam at oh, I'm, I a la Black Creek. I remember we were trying to set up a recording session. We did at Harry Smith. Yes, didn't work. Yeah, about nine months later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. right. Enough to, for a child to be born. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and did I meet you at Black Creek as well, Ruth? I don't know. I definitely remember seeing you at Harry Smith. Yeah, man, Harry Smith. That's that's a really different festival, isn't it? I, I think it's very special. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. It's the best old time. Well, I've never okay. I've never been to Clifftop. I've never been to most festivals. I've been, <laughs> I've been to Black Creek, Mount Airy, yeah. and Harry Smith. And I don't know. We'll, maybe we'll we'll get into the Harry Smith thing soon but it's like i don't know i think it's one of the most unique and and important like as far as my life goes yeah as influential uh, occurrences in my life it's it's like one of the most influential and important things yeah so you're uh you two are related yes (laughs) biologically unfortunately (laughs) yeah mother son i am Ben's mother. Yeah. And it's funny because I've like been playing old time music and traditional music for like 40 years. <laughs> and for many, many years, um, I, Ben was my son. Now yes. I'm Ben's mother. Yeah. <laughs> and it's weird, but mm-hmm. I'm very proud as well. You know? Very good. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, take me on that, on that journey. Like Ben, were you, uh, into it from the start Yeah. or did it wasn't like a Stockholm syndrome kind of thing where eventually you're like, I guess I play folk music. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I was into it from the start. Yeah. Like, good. It was funny. I never thought I was into music. And then my dad told me, he's like, you know, people like us who are into music do blah, blah, blah. Cause my dad's a musician too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays a lot of rootsy rock and roll, Cajun Zydeco cool, kind cool. of stuff. Um, she's the old time influence. Um, but I play a lot of Cajun music now, yeah, yeah. and we do like a family trio thing. Awesome. Um, where we do roots rock and roll Cajun stuff. But yeah, he was just like, yeah, we're into music. And I was like, wait, other people aren't into music? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> how, do they, how do they live? How yeah. do they survive? Um, yeah, because I grew up just hearing old time music all the time. Um, well, not all the time, but, you know, yeah, parties, parties at the house. And, yeah. And, um... And I feel like, to me, I don't even think of old-time music really as being Southern, mm-hmm. because it's just... Yeah. Yeah. Like, the old-time music is, is what people in... What I, what I used to tell people is, like, yeah, it's what Jews from New York play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah um, and yeah. also, uh, Dad and I had these gigs that we would let you come up on stage and mm-hmm. play a few mm-hmm. things. Yeah. When you were, what, elementary school? What did you yeah. play? Fiddle. And drum. Yeah, no, but what tunes did you... Oh, did well, you, you know, there? I, I would... Because my husband doesn't play old-time music. Yes, yes. Um, and so I would take some of the old-time songs and just sing them. And mm-hmm. um, and then Ben would come up and yeah, maybe think... scratch out some little fiddle <laughs> Well, you, you knew, like, I started in, in fourth grade because there was, um, uh, like, group big group classical lessons. Yeah. And yeah. I, I played in, like, I continued with that kind of stuff. I never took private lessons, but I took... You were in orchestra and stuff? Yeah, like, I was yeah, in my cool. college orchestra. Yeah. Let's get more college orchestra. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I took one semester of, hi, Michael Emery, uh, Professor Michael Emery. I took one semester of, uh, classical violin lessons yeah. my senior year and I was like, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so I always felt like half of me was rock and roll and half of me was old time yes. music, even in elementary school, as early as yeah. I can remember. So. Well, you definitely play fiddle like you're... Into rock and roll, <laughs> yeah. For those of you at home, I'm doing the uh, the metal, He's doing the, horns. the metal horn. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> well, you know, I was friends um, with the Chicken Chokers mm. band when I moved here in '79, and I met them in the early '80s in 1981. That became my world. Yeah. And they play real hard driving old time yes. music, so that's what Ben knows. Yeah. I yeah, think, yeah. You know. Um. Yeah, yeah. So that's just how you learn to play it. Right. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, and then I think when I was in, you know, getting back to the Harry Smith stuff, when I was, what it was my, between my freshman and sophomore year of college, um, cause when I like, I always played fiddle, but it didn't become a central facet of my life until college. Cause I realized that, okay, I mean, I love history and archeology span mm -hmm. and mass and all that kind of stuff. Um, but nobody else plays old time fiddle music. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of became part of my definition of myself, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then, so that became more a thing. And then when I, I went to this Harry, the Harry Smith frolic, yeah. and, um, the first time I ever went was in high school, I think, and it scared me. Like, it did? Oh yeah. Because for those of you who don't know, at the Harry Smith frolic, they, they recreate, uh, well, uh, A, it's, it's all a lot of the Vermont fiddle players come on down, Jim Burns and, um, John Beckoff well, John was there in those years. Yeah. 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 Uh, mm. my favorite fiddle player, um, and, you know, people like George Ainley and um, Bob, Bob Ness. Ness and all those folks. Yeah. And I remember, like, they're still the, to me, they're the source musicians in a sense. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. not that I don't listen to old stuff, because I love old stuff, but um, going to that was like seeing, I don't know, seeing Tommy or seeing. Yeah. Well, Sally at a certain and, point, yeah. they are the source. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At a certain point. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah. Yeah. And someday you'll be a source. Right. Yeah. yeah. I hope maybe. Yeah. Why did they scare you? They scared. Oh, they scared me. Yeah. Well, okay. I, mean, I know why. I'd be scared of those people. <laughs> I've heard those Vermont fiddlers right, are right, a little right, intense. Right. Well, you know. Okay. So I'm in high school, and, and like I get up there, and and everybody's like uh, dancing around a bonfire with you know, um, not just like in the old time classic old time music sense, but. It's all like you're back in in like 1932 or whatever. Hobos, and, yeah, hobos, and and um, it's just it's a very ooh, the, the clock chimes in it, <laughs> outside. Yeah, yeah, and for those of you who don't know, they have a midnight bonfire reenactment, and they're playing the Harry Smith anthology, a volume each year. They pick a volume and they play it like it's the 30s, and and you, it's just so otherworldly and removed yeah. from any modern traditions. So like metal didn't scare me. I like metal a lot, but it like it didn't scare me. But that stuff scared me. Yeah. And then and then I like kind of got my senses together. Which which volume did they do the first year you went? Uh, volume two. Which yeah. one is that? Uh, social social music. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Was that what last year was? I, they did repeat. They did. Since they did repeat. Nice yeah, movie. I think it was volume two, right? Yeah. No, no. Well, well, I remember. Um, what's his name? Uh, Steve Austin mm -hmm. played. Yeah. Um, uh, Old dog blue. Old dog blue. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty haunting stuff. So. It's like watching Doc Bond. It's like Doc. Yeah. You know, scary stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's the spookiest, definitely. Let's uh, let's play this next tune. Uh, this next tune, and then Ruth, I have a bunch of questions to ask you. Sure. Specifically, just so I, I'm making a mental note, I want to ask you how you got into playing old time music, mm -hmm. and like um, whether there was any sort of gateway drugs into it, you know. <laughs> and uh, I want to—I always ask this for like old time parents, you know, like how do you like how do you instill an appreciation and not a resentment of old time music in your kids, oh. you know? And like how how did you um, teach sort of music appreciation to Ben, and you know, and things like that. And then I want to ask about, oh, they're just the role of, of guitar. Okay. So maybe that's giving you too much to think about no, no. before we play it too. You know what? The third one about how did uh, I, the mentoring bend, yes. that just happened on its own. Like, yeah. I don't think I did anything. Did I? Uh, I mean, it's just osmosis. <laughs> you did a terrible thing. No, right. yeah. Um, I, other than encouraging him. And, yeah. Uh, you, and you know what you did is you took me to sessions yeah. where, and, and, um, other people were very open, like mm -hmm. yeah. like Sandy Stark let me, you know, let me play with her all the time, and, mm -hmm. and um, Alan Kaufman let me play with him yeah. all the time, and, mm -hmm. and and all those folks, uh, and really you you played good music, like you well you played good music, but I, but I you think played you're also good probably CDs attracted to some of the crazy fun people, you know. I'm definitely attracted Jim to Reedy. Crazy. Oh, Jim Reedy, you know, yeah, he's, Paul Strong. Jim Reedy's definitely on the on the hero. But list. Um, I grew up in New York City. And uh, my parents were, well, my father really loved old um, country music, you know, 
but I mean, he certainly didn't come from that. I mean, he's the son of Yiddish poets mm-hmm. and stuff. But uh, you know, certainly not come. But he really loved to listen to that stuff. Did you say the son of Yiddish poets? Right. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, my grandmother Malka Lee is a, a very well-known Yiddish poet. And that's the, my father grew up in the Shalom Aleichem houses, which was like a socialist um, um, collective houses. And, uh, you know, so their background was very artistic. And um, so, and my, um, but my mother was from Montreal. She was the one with the piano and all that. And I remember I was in Montreal visiting my grandparents and we went to a uh, performance and there was a French Canadian mm. uh, dance troupe Le Fillet playing. I, it just struck a chord in me. Yeah. I just remember it so well. Um, and uh, then in the early 70s, I guess it was, Will the Circle Be Unbroken record came yeah. out of, you know, Bluegrass. And we played that to death in our house. <laughs> and then in college, I, I was into <laughs> it. And then record. somebody came to me with um, the Fuzzy Mountain String Band <laughs> record. <laughs> from um, North Carolina, Tommy Thompson, and it was just fiddle tunes. I didn't know anything. I was thinking about this last night. Up until I was playing fiddle tunes for the longest time af- after that, yeah. until I realized that people danced to them. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> like, in 1977, I went to the Fox Hollow Folk Festival, and I remember John McCutcheon was calling a dance there, and then I met some people, and they took me to this... Dawn Dance in Brattleboro, Vermont. They still have it, but in a different place. I was like, whoa, people dance to these (laughs) tunes. And many people get into fiddle tunes because they dance to them. But, you know, but I remember not being so into dancing. um, And I spent a lot of my time playing music that night with Pete Sutherland and Bob Carlin. Again, we were talking about this before we started taping, it's like you didn't even know you were supposed yeah, to get yeah. scared of them. <laughs> you, know, you were a little yeah. beginner, and they were. Right, but I, right, right. I um, played piano and I played guitar, um, and I've always backed up the fiddle players and sung. Um, and then I um, was very fortunate in life. I was living in the Albany area, and I got a job with Andy and Bill Spence. They run Old Songs Festival. Yeah. Um, that Andy was running um, a mail-order folk music business, and Bill was recording Fennig's All-Star String Band and all those, you know, different um, artists from that area, era. And uh, there was a trio, uh, Walt Michael, Tom McCreesh, and Harley Campbell, Michael McCreesh and Campbell, and they played really great, strong, bluegrass slow slash old-time music, yeah. very tight harmonies, and that's really a big influence on me. And then I came here, played a lot of Irish music mm-hmm. on piano, mm-hmm. and then... Um, Am I going on too long? And no, then, no. Then, um, it's great. Keep and then, going. Uh, you know, of course, I mentioned the Chicken Chokers. I was really into them. And uh, then in 1985, 84 or so, um, I got together with Ruthie Dornfeld, Leah Weiss, Carol Hamm. We had a band called The Poodles. And uh, for many years, <laughs> traveled all a lot over of curly the place. Hair and, and- Gotcha. And, um, <laughs> yeah, played yeah. double fiddle and uh, no banjo though, but um, that was ah. you know that was my that was my big band you know from, yeah. from the many poodles. years the poodles and then was it, it because y'all had curly hair yeah mine's a lot less curly than Leah and <laughs> Ruthie we it's played, a good name we went to um, Martha's Vineyard um, had a a fiddle contest at their agricultural fair and that was like every summer everybody went to that and you know all the old-time musicians from around here and from all over the place and um, we entered the contest and I think Leah somebody called us the Brindle Whippets terrible name but somebody said <laughs> Wait, the no, whippets? <laughs> no you guys look like poodles and there you go anyway yeah. the poodles That's I have great. talked too much well, I, I, I'm going to get you to talk more because I want to ask about, you know, sort of your... I was just playing guitar last night. Yeah. I'll ask you about it after soon. Let's play this new river. Okay. I, I mentioned to play this really pretty song. Oh, sorry, not... Did I say new river? I meant uh, morning train. This I learned from Bethany Wyman. 
who is a cello player in the Boston area, originally from Iowa. And it's called I'm Going Home on the Morning Train. And y'all are going to sing with me, right? <laughs> yep. All right. I'm going home on the morning train. I'm going home on the morning train. Well, that evening train, it may be too late. That's why I'm going. Song, Get right, church. Wow. <laughs> yeah, right. What does that mean? I don't know. You'll have to ask a gospel singer. It's kind of a compelling statement. Get right, church. Yeah. yeah we yeah, interpret yeah, it yeah. so many ways. Yeah. <laughs> Get right, church, and let's go home. Huh. Hmm. Um, yeah, that was beautiful. Where'd you, uh, where'd you get that, that song? From Bethany Wyman, who she told me was part of some movie score. Huh. But I looked it up on all kinds of videos and didn't see it. And then, uh, I, then I looked it up. I noticed it was Get Right Church, yeah. which, you know, it's very fast and exuberant uh-huh. <laughs> um, gospel choir stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, it uh, seems like you got into sort of more folk revival stuff before old time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would and say like, And then you had some bluegrass crossover and mm-hmm. stuff as well. So, like, how do you, um, what is your, your sort of philosophy of, of guitar backup? You've been doing it for... Um, for, for a good amount of time, yeah. and I'm sure you've ran with a bunch of different different kinds of circles, different kinds of <laughs> settings. Like, what do you uh, what do you do? I just last night I was I was playing guitar and I was just like I don't know what I'm doing. You know what? <laughs> I feel like I'm very limited. I do. I'm like a one trick pony in a way. It's a good trick though. But I feel like I'm good at that trick. Yeah, right. You know on. what I mean? Like, so I'm very steady and um, um, what's the word? Uh, um, you know, I don't hold back. I'm, I'm not, a, I'm assertive. Let's put it that way. Yes. I'm an assertive player. I hope I'm not an aggressive player. 
And I like I really don't know what I'm doing. I I, <laughs> I do a lot of bar chords where a lot of people don't. I just oh interesting. You know why? Yeah. Partly is because it's just boring playing the tunes. Yeah, yeah. I, I never use a capo except if I'm playing an F. Yeah, yeah. And um, I hear that. I, really, and if anybody even tells me, you know, the four chord, the five chord, it just sends me into a total uh, tizzy. You know, what you also do is, is you do some some sort of up upstrokes occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Like, I mean, you do a lot. I mean, like rooted in the bu- in the boom chuck, but occasionally you'll you'll do a bit of a yeah, hmm. a uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, whatever, whatever you're doing, it's good. <laughs> I, I just find that there are people way more advanced on guitar than me, and, but mm. I can do this. Well, well, so. I love your playing, and uh, oh, obviously, I love your playing with Ben. You guys have you guys have a really good sound <laughs> together. You've obviously, mm. been playing for a minute now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know uh know know how to comp underneath in a pretty cool way oh yeah, thanks so i love it yeah, yeah i like to just i i don't want it to be wimpy you know i want to play hard driving except yeah. assertive on, but not aggressive yeah but on songs yeah. that are not um needing aggressive or assertive yeah. i try to hold back well speaking of hard driving and aggressive uh should we get to d major real quick mm-hmm. so we can yeah. uh <laughs> Do the Slee Highway. Oh yeah. Yeah. The tune I got from the uh, the Highwood String Band originally, um, off of their first album, Fire on the Mountain. Is it on that? That on Fire on the Mountain. Yeah, yeah. It started out with a great Mac Benford cranking the the truck. Mm-hmm. Um, and Taryn Evans play the love her her playing on it.
Okay then. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> wow. I should also I, I should credit um played that with Alan Kaufman a lot and I remember Sandy Stark playing that mm-hmm. at uh, the Hanukkah party and that was the kind of tune that I'd be lying lying in bed because I didn't play fiddle well enough at that you know little kid and like lying in bed and hearing the, the patty happening downstairs <coughs> and, and that was the tune that I was like oh, I recognize this one as I'm lying in bed uh-huh. <laughs> like, Sandy's playing it yeah <laughs> and then I knew the highway it had infiltrated your brain Man, that's awesome. Uh, so this next tune, which side are you on? Uh, where did uh, where did you gather this tune? Oh, this one. Nobody else plays this on fiddle. This is like my own okay. my own invention. Right on. Um, I played this. I I played this because I have a friend, Carmen Carmen Lynn, from college who. Senior year invited me. They were doing like a social justice benefit um, yeah. performance thing. She asked me to play some tunes, um, and so I played John Brown's Dream. Yeah, and and then I had just, I don't know. I mean, it was it was during the election, and maybe I was thinking about that kind of yeah. stuff. And and so I had been singing this just on playing in my room on guitar. Yeah, I thought I wonder like how it would sound on fiddle and. Yeah. Um, and and I, I mean, there's, there's I feel like a strong tradition of turning songs into tunes. Yes. Um, like when you and I yeah. were young, Maggie, and stuff like that. Um, and so it just it came out of that. Um, I remember I played it in a set with Vance No More. Do you know that tune? No. It's a Thalier, beautiful Thalier tune. Okay. But um, that that is no more. <laughs> um, but we're gonna. But then <coughs> then I started playing Which Side Are You On with Mom. And we kind of turned it into... Yeah, we made a really we made, nice video. Yeah, we made a, a YouTube video on yeah, the back porch. Check it out. Good. Check it out on Children live in luxury, our children go around wild. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Which side are you on, boys? Which side are you on? Which side are you on, boys? Which side are you on? Which side are you on, boys? Which side are you on, boys? Which side are you on, boys? Which side are you on,
side are you on? Which side are you on, boys? Which side are you on? captures it yeah <laughs> that's the that's how it feels <laughs> yeah yeah uh the, the whole bit about the, there are no neutrals there yeah yeah, yeah. um the, the song was written by by uh, florence reese who is whose husband was um in a union mine or a uh, sorry coal mine union in the 30s in harlan county kentucky yeah and um you know the there was a whole period of of the like the harlan county wards where there was um with union busting and the like yeah and so one of the union busters um, came out over to, I think it was J.H. Blair perhaps, um, came over to their house and <coughs> looking for the husband and totally tore up the house. Yeah. And like the, Florence and her children had to hide. I think she had seven kids. And, and, and when he left, um, she like ripped off a, a page of a calendar and wrote those lyrics down to an existing hymn. Huh. Um, and she's all quoted about how there are truly no neutrals in, in any situation. If you yeah. if you claim neutrality, you're you're really siding with one side or the other. Interesting. You know? hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Which side are you on? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not claiming neutral. I know what side I'm on. Well, I know. This climate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, I, I do too. <laughs> Sometimes it's not comfortable, but yeah, to be on one side or the other. But yeah, 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 it's true though. Okay. All right. Let's get, let's get to G real quick. Le key de G. De G. Here we go. Okay. Sure. I so we're gonna play uh, Lonesome Rune Blues. I heard this first from Jim Burns, one of my favorite favorite fiddle players um, ever. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I got, I got, um, he lives up in, in Vermont. Um, and I think, I assume that he got this version from the Corn Dodgers, mm. who were George Ainley and um, Amit Baku, Baku and, right. and William Wright. Yes. Bill Wright. Uh, great um, band, all Vermont folk uh, from the 70s. I have no idea where, and I only know that because I, I put on their, their LP and I was like, wait, I know this. Um, I don't know where they got it from, but it's a cool G version of Lonesome Road Blues, and then the, the B part goes to a C, which you never hear in any yeah. other version. It's usually an A, so it's a cool, yeah. it's a cool little thing. I'm going down that long lonesome road, yeah. 
I'm going where that water tastes like wine. Yeah, I'm going where that water tastes like wine. I'm going where that water tastes like wine. Lord, Lord, I ain't gonna be treated this way. Break. You guys That's too, great. yeah. Going down the road feeling bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we're a happy group. We're a happy family. <laughs> yeah. We're a happy family. Yeah. I gotta start singing that to my to my son whenever he's indignant, which is often. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, going down the road feeling bad. Huh? Yeah. I know there's another like I'm out here. I heard some folks singing "Going Down the Road Feeling Good." Oh Ooh. really? I don't know what the. I've never heard that. I made a little field recording. I don't know what the what their lyric. Also, that that sweet talk don't do my baby no good. That's the. Uh, Tommy Gerald wrote that. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you know that? I, re- I read the liner notes. <laughs> <laughs> he, he visited me in a college. dream. He visited me in a dream. Right, right, That's right. right. <laughs> That's right. Visited by the ghost of Tommy Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> I went to college, right? <laughs> what they teach you in college. Um, all right. Well, we're, we're up to our last uh, tune. Yeah. And before we do, I just want to like say thanks so much for... Being on the show. Oh, this is ben and Ruth. so yeah. nice yeah. to do this. this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's I know. Great. I'm thinking, what can we play together? Yeah, again? <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> we're coming yeah, yeah. to Philly now. We're yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we're yeah. playing. Uh, name a club in Philly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, where do we uh, hear more of your music and? Um, well, et let's see. I have a website. I'm, it's ruthrappaportmusic.com. That's R A P P A P. O-R-T, RuthRappaportMusic.com. I have a new album out with many, many old-time musicians on it and some Irish music, other stuff. Um, And the Ben's all over that album. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then I play also with a woman, Celeste Fry, Mm. and we always have have a little band called the Hoodows. And we don't have a fiddler, but we have many fiddlers who come play with us and Ben is off and on. Yeah, right on. And uh, if you go to either of these websites, you can find out where we play. Right on. The who, who, just hoodowls. Uh, Thehoodowls.com. Thehoodowls.com. Right. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, I'll include links in the description. Okay. Oh, stuff. that's so, so people nice. Can just yeah, tap away it. until they buy your music. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. My album's also on CD Baby. Oh, very good. So. Very good. Yeah. And for me, um, I live in Hadley, Massachusetts. You can uh, come visit me. I don't really have a 
web presence. I have some YouTube videos that I don't. Yeah, subscribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come to Western Math. Yeah. <laughs> Find me. <laughs> right on. Okay, well, um, tell, tell us about this last team. Oh, yeah. So we're going to play Uncle Ned's Wall. You had a story or something behind this, right? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll tell a multiple things about this. Great. Um, first of all, I, I learned this tune originally from uh, John Beckoff, who was probably, in my opinion, the, the best fiddle player to ever live. All right. <laughs> Maybe. I'm putting that out there. Um, from a video you saw, right? Yeah, I got this from a video with, with him, with Nate Payne, and Stephen Sterngold. Oh, so good. Yeah, the, the best. I, I thought, so, okay, so I saw him playing with Nate Payne, who lives up in Brattleboro, um, at Harry Smith, between my freshman and sophomore year mm. of, of high school. Uh, no, college. And that was, like, just, they were playing, they played two nights, they... They didn't seem to go to the the whole reenactment or anything. They uh -huh. like they and I I couldn't find them during the day. They sort of like just came out of the woodwork uh -huh. for these two nights and around this one fire. Um, and I mean it was it was ghostly in a sense. And so they were playing. I remember they played Coleman's March, which with for yeah. for well people know it. I'm sure. Um, which I had like grown weary of, but they played it with just such creativity and, and passion that it was like you know it, it was the type of thing that reshapes the way you think what you already know yeah and thus makes you appreciate this new thing even more yeah um and so i that was kind of a life-changing scene yeah i remember you know um i think what i love about it is playing so much is that it was focused on every aspect of the tune so you know there's some player like Judy Hyman, for instance, is like very much on the chords and the rhythm mm -hmm. um, and less on the harmony and melody and all. And I feel like, which is great, I love it, um, but I feel like with John, he, he knew, he like focused on every possible attribute yeah. of the music. So the history, the creativity, the, yeah. the harmony, the melody, the rhythm, each, each bit he made his own and yeah. mastered. Um, so we're going to play this waltz called Uncle Ned's Waltz, and the, historically, this waltz comes from the Grinnell Giggers, who were a uh, Ozark string band right on like the Missouri-Arkansas border. Um, and I didn't realize this until well after I had been learning it and played it. I googled it, and now Uncle Ned specifically is in a horribly racist character in a in a Stephen Foster song. Um, no. It's, yeah, yeah. Kind of like, yeah, Stephen Foster, racist song. Yeah, uh, I mean, kind of in, in a sort of Zip Coon yeah. kind of vein. Yeah. Um, now, melodically, that song has nothing to do with this waltz. I yeah. think, I have a feeling this, the waltz, all the, the Grinnell Giggers tunes were written by the fiddle player, whose name I forget. Mm. It might have been Ben, which, <laughs> um, but I, I have a feeling this was a, a you know, just taking pop culture and turning it into characters for waltzes, but yeah. it's the kind of thing that makes you question question the most beautiful tune. Yeah, yeah, know? totally. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but they're they're not just they're not just nice. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and, yeah, and actually, your own some of your your past episodes have made me think about the place of of these. So I credit you for that. Oh, I I hope. Uh, I, I hope it's it's been helpful. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> and, it's good and, and not, necessary uh, and great. ruining the music for no. <laughs> Well, because, I mean, with this tune as well, I think it sort of lives in two spaces, in yeah. a sense. Because for a while, I had no idea what the history of it was. And it right. was just this Beckoff, Grinnell Giggers yeah. tune, which I fell in love with completely. Um, and so it I think it can exist in both spaces in, in that yeah. it also has this you know horribly kind of offensive character attached to it now yeah. and so you, you can't ignore one and not the other yeah uh, but i think talking of just like talking about it is is a step towards yeah that recognition but we're gonna play uncle ned's waltz yeah uh, thanks you guys
If you want to watch that video of Ruth and Ben performing Which Side Are You On, I'll put a link in the Facebook post and in the episode's description on your podcatching app. If you're using an iPhone, you can tap on the player at the bottom and it'll pull up the Get Up In The Cool logo. If you then tap on the logo, you'll find some tappable links. Just tap, 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 tap until you find it. But if that's too complicated, just search Ruth and Ben, which side are you on? And it's currently the first result on YouTube. Check out Ruth's websites, ruthrappaportmusic.com and thehootowls.com. And uh, buy all those CDs and um, check out their performance dates. If you want to support Get Up In The Cool, thanks. That's really thoughtful and generous of you. Go to CameronDeWitt.com and click the Patreon button. Patreon is a crowdfunding site where you can sign up to regularly pay for things that you like that can only exist for free, like uh, web comics, YouTube channels, and podcasts. And just to clarify, this show isn't free. I mean, it can be free for you if you need it to be, but it certainly isn't free for me. It takes me a lot of time and money, and I have to juggle that with a family and a full-time job. So when people sign up to support the show... It lets me know that my work is meaningful and worthwhile and appreciated. I know it may seem self-indulgent to host a show where I talk and play half the time, but it's actually a very vulnerable thing to do. I'm low-key self-conscious about it. And straight up, if people weren't constantly encouraging me to do it with their words and their money, Get Up In The Cool would not still exist. By the way, big thanks to Don Stratton for signing up to support Get Up In The Cool. He's a former guest, and you should totally check out his episode and buy all his stuff and play his tune New Harbor. If you want to be like Don, and we could use more Dons in the world, so I really hope that you do, go to CameronDeWitt.com and click the Patreon button and choose a reward level. The most popular reward is access to the secret weekly bonus track blog. This week's bonus track is Women Wear No Clothes At All. Is it a misogynist exploitative tune? Or is it a feminist progressive tune? Or is it just more silly old time music? Well, no spoilers. Thanks for listening, friends. Tune in same time next week for more Get Up in the Cool.